Welcome to the Simply Resilient Podcast pep talk series, When You Need to Cry. You are here today because you know you need to cry, but you are pushing it down. You are resisting it. You, for whatever reason, don't want to cry, or you're worried if you let yourself cry that maybe you'll never stop because it's in there so deep and so big and so pushed down that you're really worried to release it. There's so many reasons why we need to cry. It could be because you are sad. It could be because you are grieving. It could be because you're angry. Really crying comes up for us in a lot of different circumstances and accompanies a lot of different emotions. And if we don't have a great relationship with crying, if we don't believe in the good that it does, if we don't believe that amazing people need to cry, if we believe that crying is weakness, right? Whatever it is that your relationship is with crying, then sometimes we resist it as long as we can until it just comes exploding out of us. So today I want to offer you some new thoughts. I want to help you improve that relationship with crying just a little bit. And I want to show you how amazing it is. And I want to give you permission to let yourself cry. It is time. Let it come out. So the first thing that I want to talk to you about is what it means to process emotions. And I want to give you my beach ball analogy. So there's four things we can do when it comes to processing emotions. When a negative, uncomfortable emotion comes our way, we can resist it. We can react to it. We can avoid it or we can allow it. So what that looks like with the beach ball analogy is it's like we're in a pool and we have a beach ball and the beach ball is the negative, uncomfortable, sometimes unbearable emotion. And if we do that first option and resist it, that is when we are pushing it down underneath the water because what's on the surface of the water is what's visible to the world and what we're allowing ourselves to see and do and be. So if the beach ball is under the water, then it's like it's not happening. So we resist that emotion by pushing it down under the water. But the problem is it never stops fighting to come back up. We sometimes think if we push it down long enough, it'll eventually just deflate and go away. And maybe in some cases it does, but in my experience, that beach ball will never stop fighting to come up. And it will come up in other ways and it will come up even stronger sometimes. And it will come up at less opportune times. And so we need to learn that about resisting emotions. The second option we have with this beach ball is to react to it. So if we don't want to deal with the emotion, we might react to it, which would look like, you know, trying to hit it out of the water and it would just keep floating back and floating back. We'd hit it away and it would float back. We'd hit it away and it would float back. And when in emotions that might look like if you're feeling angry or sad, that might look like yelling at somebody or just having like a big reaction to what you're feeling or what they're doing rather than just feeling the actual emotion and saying like, I am really angry right now. And allowing for that emotion and what comes with it rather than needing to have a big reaction to it. A big, um, visible, dramatic reaction is often what we're doing when we're reacting to the beach ball. And the third thing is avoiding it. And so this one is one of my favorites. It's when the beach ball's floating towards you and you turn your back on it. And rather than pushing it down, you just pretend it's not there and you just ignore it. You, you know, don't acknowledge its existence. It comes floating around to where you can see it again and you turn your back on it again and you just keep turning your back on it and turning your back on it. So this one's a little more passive than resisting it, but it's still you just pretending that the emotion isn't there and doesn't need to be like acknowledged and solved for. So then the fourth option is to allow it. And that is when you just grab onto the beach ball and you just float around the pool with it. 
and you call the beach ball what it is. You say, I am sad. I am grieving. I am angry. You name it. You name that beach ball and you start to say, I'm angry because, you know, and then you list some of the reasons and you say, I'm sad because and you list some of the reasons. And then you talk to yourself really nicely and you say, I get why I'm sad. This makes a lot of sense. And you go for that understanding of why you feel so sad. And then maybe you take some time to say, when I'm sad, I feel tight in my chest. Uh, when I'm angry, I feel hot, right? You start to see what just what physical reaction you have to some of these emotions. And this is how you work your way through it. You name it, you understand it, and then you identify how it makes you physically feel. And then you just start to say, it's okay. I can be sad. This is no problem. I know how to feel sad. I know how to feel angry. And then the beach ball eventually just truly floats away. It eventually is truly solved because you processed it. You worked your way through that emotion. So when it comes to this need to cry and the need to cry is coming from an emotion that you are either trying to resist or avoid, maybe react to it. And I think sometimes we think that crying is a reaction to a negative emotion. And we think that it's something that people do who aren't managing their minds. But I think intentional crying, I think choosing to cry serves us so, so well. Crying, whether you're alone or with people, is just being willing to feel vulnerable. It is acknowledging that you're a human and not a robot. And I would actually really encourage you to cry in front of your children. Maybe not every time, but I want you to notice how much you think you need to hide that from your kids. You think you need to be strong for them. And I want to offer you this new thought that being willing to cry in front of your children is actually one of the strongest things you can do because it shows you and it shows them that strong people cry. Strong people have emotions. Strong people are willing to be vulnerable. They feel things and have ups and downs and be human. Like I said, if you only show your kids your best face and only let them see you when you're happy and ready to be seen, then they are going to have this robotic perception of you. I mean, they're not going to use those words, but then when they are upset and needing to cry, they're going to think that you're strong and they're weak. And what we want to say is that we both cry and that we're both strong. It's a really cool gift you give yourself and to your children and to friends. Like maybe you don't have children, but you know, letting yourself be vulnerable and cry in front of maybe a trusted friend is a gift you can give that friend to show them we're both strong and we both cry. The last thought I want to offer you about crying is that crying is scientifically proven to be an absolute physical release of emotions. It is such a productive action to take when you are feeling big emotions that you don't want to hold inside and let them grow. When you remind yourself that crying isn't something you do because you weren't strong enough or crying isn't something that you just couldn't fight off long enough. When you choose crying, when you plan to cry, you say, I'm doing something very productive to resolve this emotion right now, to process it and feel it. I am literally giving my body a physical release right now. My body has emotions inside of it that need to come out and crying is such an effective way to do that. So if you are feeling the need to cry, it's time. Choose it, let it out. This is your moment. You are giving yourself a gift. You are giving the people around you a gift. Show people your vulnerability, your humanness. Let yourself process and feel your emotions and let the tears flow. You've got this.